0: We almost died. Well, it felt like we almost died. We made it. And I think it's the surge of adrenaline i felt, thinking that I was going to get sucked into the ocean at any point, that made me fall in love.
1: Welcome back to Fireside Stories. This is your host, Katie Shambaugh, and her furry editor, Sion. Today's stories... Come from Kate with Don't Look Back and Kayla with Never Bail on Your Crew. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be putting out episodes every other Wednesday, so, episode six will be up on August 5th. Now, without further ado, here's Fireside Stories. So um, this story takes place a few years ago now, Um, I think I probably was, I think I was still in high school, so I was probably maybe a junior, Um, and I've been a amateur surfer for many years now. I started surfing when I was 14, and I've always been a huge fan of the sport. I'm still not very good, Um, I don't live in Maine anymore. So I don't get any, or I don't live near the ocean anymore. So I don't get very many opportunity to surf, which is very unfortunate. But this is probably my best surfing story. So yeah, so it was like junior year. I think I would just finished junior year of high school. um, And we were decided, uh, um, one of my best friends, Edie, and I decided that we wanted to go to the beach because I was going to teach her how to surf This is always how the story goes. It starts off so innocent, and then things just go downhill so rapidly. But anyway, we decided we're going to the beach to surf. We were going to hit Scarborough, which has been my favorite beach for many years to go surfing at. Um, And it probably was. It must have been early June, and it was not very warm out. We chose a day where it was probably in the 60s, and um, as everyone who lives in Maine knows. The water does not get very warm until probably the end of July and August. It's warm for about two weeks and then it goes right back to being freezing again. I don't own a wetsuit, which also makes it difficult to stay in the water for a long period of time. But anyway, despite all of these um, glaring flaws in our plan to surf that day, we went anyway. We brought her cousin Robbie along and everything was going great. We dragged the board out to the water because it was early June and it was in the evening and it was kind of a cooler day and the water was still freezing. Um, There weren't really very many people at the beach. I think when we were there, there was just like maybe a few people scattered across the entire beach. So we had the whole place to ourselves, which was pretty sick. We only had my surfboard. Edie didn't have a surfboard at that time and her cousin Robbie had never been surfing before. So we were all sharing my board and everything was going pretty well. I took the board out first. I caught a couple swells it was pretty exciting once again no wetsuit so i had kind of a very limited span of time that i could sustainably stay in the water before my tits froze off and i felt like dying so when it came to be edie's turn to surf she still was like learning how she hadn't ever successfully stood up on the board yet and usually what I would do is get in the water up to, like, my waist or my chest, um, depending on where the waves were coming or how, like, deep we had to go out. And when a wave would come, I would try to, like, push Edie gently into the wave um, to help her time the wave right uh, so that she'd be able to stand up. But I was so fucking cold <laughs> that I decided that this was not going to happen today, I could not stay in the water that deep, and that I was just going to yell directions at her from the beach, Right. So Robbie and I are probably ankle deep in the ocean water. Edie's out probably, I don't know, five yards away from us. She's not out that deep. So we're watching her and, you know, anytime a wave would like sort of start to come in, we'd be like, all right, woman, like start paddling. You got this. Just keep going. And um, for the most part, she would miss the waves. It's very tragic. Uh, You know, the wave would come, she would start paddling her arms, and it just, you know, the timing wasn't right, and she didn't have enough momentum, and the wave would pass, and she wouldn't have actually gotten up on it. And as we were doing this, you know, Robbie and I were chatting, you know, like, half paying attention to Edie, half like paying attention to each other talking, when all of a sudden, this huge fucking fish... Just jumps out behind Edie. It must have been like I don't know, five feet, maybe ten feet, no more than that behind her. Just like this huge. It looked like it must have been six feet long, maybe even longer. It looked like it must have weighed two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, this thing was fucking huge. Like it was terrifying. So obviously, our first thought is that it's a great white shark because we all know with climate change, you know, the the waters are getting warmer, and you know, we're seeing like. A change in migratory patterns of sharks. So, like, of course this this is what it was. There was no other possible explanation for what this huge fucking fish was doing right behind Edie. So, of course Robbie and I both see it. We start screaming at Edie. We're like, Edie, get the fuck out of the water! Start paddling in now! Edie, there's a shark! Get the fuck out! Hurry, hurry, hurry! And Edie goes sheet white. She starts paddling as frantically as possible. Robbie starts fucking running into the water like just full sprint in to try to get her out because as you know we had been just waiting at her ankles and edie was kind of far out so he's running in to get her out i of course being the great friend that i am start sprinting out of the water to save myself because i'm not dying today anyway edie manages to get out safely much to everyone's relief no shark attack And as I said before, there was no one on the beach. So we start, like, running around looking for a lifeguard because I think this was still, this was technically they were still open during this time because it it used to be pre-pandemic. I'm pretty sure Scarborough would be open until, like, 9 p.m. So it must have been, like, 8.30 or something at this point. So we're, like, running to look for a lifeguard because we've obviously just seen a great white shark. We see this one, um, these two girls, they're, like, sitting on the beach talking to each other and we like run up to them and we're like did you just see there was a great white shark in the water did you guys see that and they both look shocked obviously and they say no we weren't paying attention we didn't see the shark Edie hadn't heard anything behind her she's like she didn't see it she didn't even know anything had jumped up behind her which is shocking to us because this fish was fucking huge like how did you not hear the splash behind you Um, but finally we locate a lifeguard as kind of towards like the entrance to the beach and we tell him, we're like, we just saw a great white shark. Like, is this normal? <laughs> I mean, it obviously isn't, but we just saw a huge thing. And the guy was like, oh, no. I He's like, I highly doubt that was actually a great white shark. He's like, more than likely, it was probably just a sturgeon. The sturgeon here get really large um, to the size that you're describing sometimes. So more than likely, like the sturgeon just came in closer to the shore um, to feed on like smaller fish or plants or whatever sturgeons eat and it probably just jumped up behind you but they're perfectly harmless they don't go after humans um so that's all it was so anyway turns out that this giant fish that we saw was probably just a sturgeon so that's a relief so if you like swimming at Scarborough if you're from the area don't worry apparently it was just a fluke thing that we saw this huge sturgeon but anyway so we were all very flustered and I think the last thing I remember from this is we were Leaving the beach, and we were all reflecting on this because this was just like a fucking wild thing to see, and I was so flustered that I forgot to strap down my surfboard to the top of the car, but fortunately we noticed pretty fast, we had literally just pulled out of the driveway of the um, beach, and like you know we had just approached we had just gotten onto the main road and we hadn't gone like more than like 20 seconds and then we realized that the board wasn't strapped down we stopped and pulled it over fortunately it didn't fly off and kill anyone because that would have been terrible obviously but it all got strapped down we left safely no one was (laughs) eaten and that is one of my favorite stories to share at a party so you're welcome I hope you enjoyed it
0: Starts thirteen years ago, if that math's correct. Um, I was about twelve, and it was the first time that I was ever going to participate in an official sailing race or a regatta. For those of you in the know, I'd been sailing. First when I was a baby with my grandfather on his boat, and then for about uh, three to four years before that, when I was eight, I started at um, the small sailing camp that is up in down east Maine, where we spent every summer, essentially, when I was little. And there were two classes. There's the morning class, which was basically babysitting. And there was always somebody who was better than you in the boat, one of the instructors, and they would take you out and try and teach you things, but it was all games. And then the afternoon class was what you graduated to, and that's where you learned to race, And we were in one little harbor and across the bay was this other harbor called Sorrento and they were our mortal enemies. And every Tuesday we would go over and we'd race against them because there was also nobody else around. So it was really just us. And we would sail in these boats when I was little called Mercuries, that look like a long bathtub with uncomfortable benches inside. And a really little place to sit up front on the bow. And they were about as heavy as a bathtub too. They had a keel on the bottom, which if you don't know much about sailing, totally fine. Basically it's a massive piece of metal. There's a good chance it's not metal on other boats, but on these boats, it's just this huge weight that makes sure the boat doesn't flip. Uh, side note, the boats can flip, and it's terrifying. But it's really hard to flip these boats over. Uh, so there was one Tuesday. I was still in the morning sailing class. We'd just finished, one of our instructors came up to my friend Emma and I and asked if we wanted to come back in an hour and race against Sorrento that Tuesday because they thought our sailing was progressing and they wanted to see how this went and if we enjoyed it, and if we did, we'd get to go up and be part of the afternoon class, which was a big deal. All the cool older kids were in the afternoon class. Uh, So we said yes, obviously, because we wanted to be cool older kids. We went home, had lunch, came back and our favorite instructor, Mora, who I always thought they were super old, looking back, I think she was probably like 17, uh, but her and her twin taught. So Mora was like, you can come be in my boat because we trusted her. We knew she was a really good sailor. Emma and I are like, great, let's do this. And we go out, and it's beautiful. Blue skies, gorgeous. Just enough wind to propel us forward, but not so much. And Mora has us trade off, steering. Another one's manning the sails so we can go forward faster. And the whole time she's talking to us about what's going to happen. She tells us about how the race is going to start about who's gonna be there, about how to win, essentially just come first, about how they work and how you have to round certain points in the harbor and you wanna be the first one to round them all. That's a lot of sailing jargon and this doesn't need to be a sailing lesson. So you can whoop that right out. So Maura's explaining to us how this is gonna go we're really excited and we're one of five boats from our harbor that are going out. And all the other cool older kids are in the other boats. We're the only two younger kids that have been brought up for this afternoon. It's a big deal. And we, we get there, and there's a starting line set up. Mora has a sail back and forth cross the line, get her bearings. Emma and I are getting super into it, super hyped up. the first race goes off it's fine we do okay we don't do great we really don't understand most of it but it's essentially it's like a practice run so we start we follow the course we finish i don't think we came in last i feel like i'd remember that but it wasn't great we didn't come in first either we got a solid mid-tier so we're sailing around is between the races there was always a bit of a pause and we're watching the older kids interact with the Sorrento kids and they're yelling at each other and it's kind of intimidating but it's all for fun. And then slowly, as the second race is beginning, the starts are always counted down so that you have time if you're sailing away from the starting line to turn around and come back and you won't miss anything. Also, it's kind of hard to maneuver a boat, especially if there's not enough or too much wind. So it's a nice way to just kind of say like, get your shit together, we're about to start. So as the starting sequence is happening and it's counting down, it starts to get a little cloudier. Emma and I are like, um, we're not so sure about this. Mora's like, don't worry, it's fine. We can totally handle this. And we start the race, it's all all well. We go up, round the course, and we're heading back towards the finish line and it's getting grayer and grayer and windier and windier. And the waves are getting higher and Emma and I are getting increasingly worried. But Mora keeps talking us down. She's like, don't worry, I know what I'm doing. I know you guys know what you're doing in a boat. This isn't a big deal. We're all gonna be fine. We're like, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be fine. It's totally cool. until so the third race starts, and all of a sudden, the wind just picks up. And no matter where you're going, how you're pointing, everyone's being completely overpowered, struggling to stay straight, struggling to hold sails in, keep them from flapping about, going nowhere. And Maura, at this point, is like, okay, we should maybe worry a little bit. she's like, just come sit up on the high side. The boat starts to tilt. And as the boat's starting to tilt, Maura's like, come up, sit on the high side. We're totally fine. You've been in wind like this before. Em and I are like, yeah. Yeah, we, we've done this before, we're pros. We're in the afternoon. So Emma and I are sitting up on the high side and the third race starts. And when you start a race, you sail as close to where the wind is coming from as possible and in doing so, sometimes when it's super windy, the closer you sail to where the wind is coming from, the more the boat tilts. Uh, we call it healing. So as we start this race, we've been doing okay. Boat's been staying kind of flat. It's been getting rather windy, but it's not that big a deal. So we keep trying to tell ourselves. And as we start and we point up towards the where the wind is as far as we can, the boat just starts to turn, like, we think we're going to capsize. We think we're going under. Someone to our left has completely flipped the boat on its side. They're in the water. All their stuff's in the water. Emma and I are kind of terrified. But thankfully, more knew what she was doing. So we keep sailing forward, and at this point, we're doing pretty well. But then as the boat tilts, or heels, water starts to come in. And as water comes in, you have to take a container and bail it out. And so Mora, who's getting really competitive at this point, but also trying to calm us down, knows that that as we continue to tilt so far over, and as water starts to come in, we have a higher risk of flipping. Emma and I are freaking out. So poor Mora is trying to handle the boat all on her own, which is Possible, but not enjoyable. Especially in wind, such as the wind we had. <laughs> and so she looks at the two of us and says, one of you has to go down. You have to go on the low side and you have to bail the boat out or we'll flip. And Emma and I look at each other and we're like, nope, 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 nope. That's, that's all you. Mini staring contest. And somehow I get to go down. I don't know how. I think I was, had a moment where I felt fearless. So I climbed down to the low side where essentially if I just leaned too far out of the boat, I was going to get swept away by the water. We were right there. And I have to grab this milk carton, like milk gallon jug that's had the bottom cut off and start scooping the water from inside the boat out and try and get it back in the ocean. All while more water is coming into the boat. And I thought I was gonna die that day. It was terrifying. I thought for sure we were gonna flip. And if we flipped all the way over and the boat had done a 180, I thought we were gonna get stuck underneath. I thought I was not coming back. Emma was crying. Mora was trying to keep her cool, which she did pretty well. And so finally we abandoned the race. Everybody turns around, starts to head back in. Boat's still screaming. I'm still on the low side, trying desperately to get all the water out. People around us are still flipping. One boat's being towed. And these boats, when they flip, they fill with water and then they would right themselves, except now they'd be completely submerged. Everything except for the mast right in the middle, that long stick, would be all underwater. So one boat has, fuck, what do we call that? It's not It's not flooded, is it flooded? One boat had flipped, righted and then completely flooded itself. They were getting towed in. Another boat had flipped, managed to flip back up. They were slowly sailing in. And we we held on and stuck to it. And we finally made our way in. I'm drenched. Emma's still crying. Mora is a little panicky trying to get the boat in all on her own and keep the two of us sane and as calm as she could. And we finally got on dry land and all I wanted to do was turn around and go sailing
1: again.